Welcome to the Good Fight Tattoo podcast. Here's your opportunity to eavesdrop on the conversations and stories that are told whilst tattooing in our studio in London. There will be adult themes and strong language, so listener discretion is advised. With that out of the way, we hope you enjoy the podcast. This week's episode is a hefty one. We talk about identity politics, the problems with party politics, we also talk about trans athletes, rape culture, and the class gap. Heavy. You edit this, presumably, yeah? Yeah, I do edit it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're recording now. We are recording now, okay. yeah. Um, it, with the editing side of it, if there is anything that you want me to edit out... No, like no, no. I'm I'm not I, I don't worry about myself, I just worry about you. No. <laughs> I am... I'm, I'm not... Tr- I don't want to, like, try to catch people out and do anything where yeah, sure, people aren't comfortable that. with certain things being said. So, yeah, okay. Because I want people to speak naturally and talk it like as they would do normally. Sure. Um, yeah, shuffle down a little bit more. That's it. Perfect. But yeah, that... Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr. I think he's hilarious. Um, I'll, have to, I'll check him out. It's, it was just, there, there was points when I saw him last night where it was just, it, the thing that worried me is like why people were laughing. Yeah. And then, then the worry then comes along that I sat there and watched it and I was like, is this as much of a problem as other things that I think are of a problem in being divisive? Like, is this dividing people more? Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Um, I don't, without having seen his stuff, it's really hard for me to comment, but... I don't. I think it's comedy is a different area altogether. Yeah. Like comedy is somewhere something. I don't know. It's an open space. There should there, there should be no. Uh, I don't think there should be boundaries. There in shouldn't comedy. be any. There, there, there can't be any boundaries. You can't, I, I I think if something's funny, it's funny. But what are you gonna do? I, I, I I'm not. I don't know. The but the, the thing about the the funny in it is like. The thing that I worry about sometimes is why people find these things funny and also why people... Yeah, what, what is it? Are they missing the point? Or am I missing the point? You know, um, do I think that he's not, like, hateful is towards women? Is he a misogynist? Women? Does he hate women? No. As far as you know. Well, he, he addresses it quite a lot. Like, yeah. Because he gets those accusations. Because what he does do Maybe is question things. Maybe you're worrying for no reason. Maybe those militant men, they were... Maybe maybe they they saw the joke. They got the joke. Well, yeah. Was it, it funny? Is he funny? He's funny. Okay. And the, uh, what I think is like what I found is after probably about the first, it was like an hour and a half because he was taping it for a special. Um, and he he sort of confronts this. Are you ready to go? Yeah, go for it. Um, after about probably about twenty minutes, half an hour, I found it funny because it had all been set up and it was all like, you know, a, a push to another joke kind of thing. Okay, yeah. But the first 20 minutes, I didn't find funny because it just seemed Do you know what? Nasty. Maybe, you know what? Maybe it wasn't funny. Maybe making jokes about women can't be funny. It will. Uh, maybe, you, you know, maybe that? making jokes about disabled people can't be funny. Well, there's always... Uh, I'm, interestingly... I'm not a massive fan of, like, Gervais, etc. Well, I don't know, actually. That's a lie. With Gervais... I really enjoyed The Office when it was first out. Um, extras I enjoyed to a lesser extent. His stand-up 
Although I did watch, what was his most recent one? I did find that very funny, actually. I didn't watch his most recent one. I've, I'm, I'm, cool. I'm a big fan of Gervais. Um, but what do I, don't I like? I mean, he's clearly very talented and he's clearly very funny. Um, but I don't know. It's, it can, can jokes about disabled people be, ever be funny? Yep. I think any topic can be funny. It's just a matter of how you approach it. Yeah, I agree. I'm playing devil's advocate. I totally um, agree with you. I think it can. It just depends how you approach it. And there was some jokes about disabled people in Bill Burr's thing last night. I mean, you, you know, what are you going to do? Stop making jokes because some people are offended. Yeah. Um, but it's a fine line. And, I mean, it's about whether or not it is funny. Yeah. Um, but who's to be the kind of high inquisitor about what's good humour and what's not? Well, this is the thing. It's subjective, isn't it? It's like, totally subjective. What you find funny and what I find funny can be totally different. But sure. there's, n there's not a right or a wrong one. Um, no, I suppose there isn't. But nonetheless, I think the fundamental thing is that comedy, art is an area... I guess it just kind of extends to free speech as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's like, what are you going to do? You can't, you're going to put people in prison for making jokes about disabled people. Even if they're not funny, you know, you've got to respect their right to make those jokes. Yeah. Uh, even if you don't necessarily respect the joke itself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the same with pretty much everything, isn't it? I think so. I think one of my worries is that we're, um, we're in a very divisive time now. More so than ever before. Like, it seems like more people want to just pick a side... Yes. And I'm on that side. This is the good side. This is the right side. Yeah. And that's not helpful to me. Um, no, no, no. It, it, it's not. But whether or not censoring toxic views... I'm just kind of moving on from the comedy thing. Tommy Robinson, classic example, okay? Yeah. Um, is there any place for those kind of views to be aired? Like, are the are, is the mainstream media complicit in kind of stoking these kind of noxious views totally by depends. allowing him airtime. It, it totally depends. Um, and then he's getting kicked off social media, which I feel is correct. Do you? Yeah, I, I do. I don't think... I think... Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's any place... I don't think there's any place for... for those kind of views uh, uh, to be aired on social media. Um... It, well, that goes really against my initial not censoring any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, social media. You know what the thing about social media is that it's such a modern phenomenon. Yeah. It's like we don't even know where to start with it. That's really we don't, true. You know, it's like with mainstream media, it's like I don't think there's any place for Tommy Robinson on the BBC. There's no. It's just. It's just. It's no point. I think there can be. Um, I think it depends how you approach it. If you don't mind me interjecting. No, there. go for it. You um, like people taking the piss out of him, basically. Well, you, you think you need to get intelligent people who can argue against him and make a fall out of him. Yeah, absolutely. And that happened, I remember, with that Nick Griffin. Do you remember on Question Time a few years ago, famously absolutely. happened? And, and then it, 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 that, in doing that, you make that person look a fool and you make their ideas appear foolish because essentially they are. If you can, if you can argue a point and get to a point where your argument is completely destroyed and that you just look silly, that's a really good thing to stop people believing in that. We've got, well, we've got two things here. We've got occasions where these people haven't been challenged appropriately yeah. uh, by journalists as well as you know, news readers, etc. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and how many times? The other thing is how many times are you going to allow these people 
you know, how, how much airtime are you going to give to these people? Like, how many times does Nigel Farage or Tommy Robinson need to be repeating the same old shtick? Like, well, the thing with Nigel, that's, that's that Nigel Farage goes exactly to prove my point. Like, Nigel Farage, the, the, one of the things that's happened with the more airtime he's been given is people have, real, have been able to see that he's full of shit. Have they? Yeah, because he went around with a bus that said certain things about Brexit on it, and then the day that Brexit went through, he was questioned on it, and he went, no, I didn't. Yeah, and it happened with Boris recently when he, he claimed that he he or he he he, he, yeah, he claimed that he had never made uh, a suggestion that about Turkey and if Turkey joining the EU and having eight million Turks invading the UK, which evidently he did. Yeah. Um, but now when he's being questioned about it, he's lying. It's it's the Donald Trump and so, school of politics, basically. And so, in some way it is good to give these people a platform so that they can give themselves enough rope to hang themselves with. But I don't know whether or not that has actually happened with um, with Nige. I, I, I don't know. Um, he seems to be as big as ever. There doesn't seem to be a huge change around in people's opinions when it comes to Brexit. Well, this is exactly, I'm curious to know how people would vote again. But uh, this is exactly my point with identity politics, is identifying and picking a, te- uh, picking a team. Because sure. then people feel they have to back him because yeah. they've invested in that as a team. Well, it's, it's, it's brilliant in some ways because you've kind of manipulated people to vote against their own interests. Yeah. They're, they're voting with their identity or this kind of fictionalised identity that they've, has been manufactured and sold to them. Yeah. Which is the reason why... You know, these kind of working class people will vote for Donald Trump um, and, and certainly and Brexit will vote for Brexit, even though they're the most likely to be impoverished by it. Um, and it's it's extraordinary how it's been achieved. And so much of it is through social media. Yeah. Um, well, it's and, like, and, and that's it's, what I mean about it being such a modern phenomenon. It's like, where do you begin with social media? We don't even we don't even understand, like, the impact it's having at this stage or take, you know, decades before we can really assess it. Um, and ha- that, that's the problem, though, isn't it? That's the problem with identity politics, and that's where, like, I know you. I know you'll say we didn't argue before. When yeah. I said you before, we had a big argument, and that's basically my point: is about identifying, yes, like being part of a team, and yeah, putting yourself in that camp, sure, because you're you're setting yourself up in being. That's who you are. If you, we we're, s- we're all evolving human beings, right? That's what human beings should do: is evolve and learn, question things. Uh, try and adapt as much knowledge as we can and then figure out what we think at that time but be open to new ideas and push forwards with those things yeah. and you don't get that if you have identity politics where you go I am this well, what it's because you set your stall out is this kind of polarisation uh, this tribal thing yeah, which has always existed to yeah. a lesser extent um but it's it's increasingly and it, and it's dangerous. It's it's dangerous because it doesn't allow for discourse. Yeah. Um, and more than ever, it seems that what we have is two you know two sides shouting at each other, without and, getting, and that's not how problems are solved. And getting nowhere. And getting nowhere. Clearly, yeah. that's not the case. And what? Yeah. I mean, I I I get it, and I totally I, you know, I consider myself naturally. I guess a socialist traditionally, but I'm pretty apolitical these days because yeah. for those for that reason, I, I don't, I, I don't, nec- I can see things from both sides. Um, so like migration is a classic example. So, wait a minute, you can see things from both sides. Does that yeah, mean, I, I does think, that mean you don't think I'm a misogynist now? Um, I'll come on to that in a minute. <laughs> I'll come on to that in a minute. Um, does that mean you do? 
I, I, no, I'm not sure. I, no, okay, let's move on to that very quickly, actually. Yeah. Yeah, go on. I think there's a term for it, actually, a specific term for it. I'm not sure where people look for information on YouTube or in the newspaper that reaffirms something. Confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. Yeah, Thank yeah, of you course. For, yes, absolutely. Um, and I don't know whether you've suffered from that in the past. Or I don't know if you are suffering that from misogyny, only because when we last spoke, you mentioned Christina Hoff Sommers. Yeah. Um, you don't... Okay, let's get this right. You don't... What do you and don't you believe about, A, the patriarchy or misogyny? Cause fucking loads of things to unpack. There. Yeah. That's a difficult one, isn't Without it? Without upsetting insulting everyone that's going to listen to your podcast. Well, it's, what, what I think is essentially... My, the, if you want me to sort of sum it up pretty quickly, yeah, well, it's pretty, is yeah. the way that we're the way that people are trying to tackle that and deal with that isn't what I think is the best way to approach it. In the same way that you you're discussing, you discussed um, uh, like these kind of uh, hard hardcore vegans. Yeah, you, you don't think so. What you're 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 troubled by extreme feminists, extreme feminists, and this branch of extreme feminism. Uh, again, this, is, this falls into this kind of polarisation of things. Yeah? I'm, troubled by, I'm troubled by divisive attitudes yes. and divisive natures. Sure. And somewhat I come into that because somewhat I can be divisive and I can have a very, uh, you know, standoffish nature and I can... You're, contra you're contrary, I think. I can be contrary, yeah. It's been, it's been said to me loads and loads of times in the past that I'm a contrarian. And there is some of that in me. Okay, so with... with and this can go for these kind of hard... Hard-ass vegans and 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 militant feminists. Yeah, mm -hmm. I actually I think that your confirmation bias has led you to believe that this is a much bigger issue. So the mainstream media—I hate that term actually because it's a real <laughs> conspiracy theorist term. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, the mainstream media picks up on a lot of stories where vegans are standing outside butchers, causing them, you know, causing you know, troubling farmers. Um, in the same way that stories of this kind of militant feminism will often appear in your newspapers, yeah? Mm -hmm. However, 99.9% .9 of vegans and 99.9% .9 of people who consider themselves feminists, yeah. yeah, are not militant or violent. And, and they're just normal people who can, can, who, who, who can converse and, and, and listen to other people's opinions. 100%, and I completely agree with that. Um, but what, to just, just know, counter that please. really quickly... What, uh, to, as an example, during that, uh, not Bill Burr, but the support act uh, mm. for Bill Burr last night was making a joke about fat people. And he was a fat guy and he was talking about fat phobia and things like that. And he, he thinks how ridiculous it is, which is a whole different topic. But during that, he delivered a punchline about someone complaining to him about something that he'd eaten or, the, oh, it was about um, pollution and how it affects, how what you've eaten is affected by where it's from and blah, 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 and all of this stuff. And... At the end of it, after the laugh, he went, yeah, fucking vegans, and got a bigger laugh than anything else he'd said because 5,000 people in that venue went, yeah, vegans are like that. So what the trouble is, is those extremists get seen by a lot of people. Okay, and then, yeah, then that, the opinion of veganism yes. en masse is, this, is that yes. vegans are like that. Yeah, but yeah, Enough that yeah. it will get 5,000 people to laugh bigger about just that a throwaway line yeah. about veganism than the actual joke and the setup. So therein lies the problem. It, it's how, it's why and how that it's being reported like that. Essentially, what what interests, whose interests does it further to pit, to paint a picture of vegans 
being dangerous, essentially, and feminists being dangerous, yeah? This information doesn't come out of nowhere. It's, it's, it's everywhere. It's in the headlines, it's in small... You know, it, you'd, be, you'd be surprised how, how it kind of feeds into yeah. people, the way people consume information and media, especially on, on YouTube and social media, yeah? yeah. Because right. we can both agree that we don't think that 99.9% .9 of, you know, feminists or vegans are hard, crazy nutcases, basically, yeah? No. They want men to die and they want all meat-eaters to die. Absolutely not the entirety, but there are people like that, and right? We're, you, why both you and I can admit there are people like that. There are no, of course there are people yeah. like that. We know, I'm sure we've all come... Actually, I don't think I've ever met somebody like that. I'm a vegan. Have you never met a militant vegan? Are they... uh, I know people that go, so, on, like I say, I know yeah. people that go on hunt sabotages. I know people that stand okay. in front of places. I know okay. people that go and throw See, paint all over I know over a lot of vegans. Shops, you know, I know those people. Nice people. I know those people. Okay, all right. So I'm, but I'm not <laughs> saying that they don't exist. But actually, this comes back to another point that we made before. Maybe that kind of militancy is required for us to see dramatic change. And I, I, I'm not like, I, listen, I don't care what anyone eats or what anyone does with their lives. Yeah, I'm a vegan for a number of different reasons. Yeah. Yep. Um, but if, you know, if we are, if, if evidence suggests that um, we, if a veganism or a vegan diet can help really contribute to saving our environment globally, Maybe it's up to these people to really shout about it um, so in, order, thing, in order right? to further that kind of progressive cause and that, and that positive change. For but I think you get more positive change by discussing things in a reasonable way and having a discussion, sure. a back and forth, and being understanding with people and yep. listening to their views and countering it. Yeah, That's, that gets more people in, on board, and I think I, 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 would, I, would I would tend to agree. I'm playing to a certain extent yeah, devil's course. advocate. I'm not entirely sure. So what I see, and that that joke about veganism, well, it wasn't even a joke. It was a throwaway comment. Did you, you laugh? Got, Did you no, think it was funny? No, I didn't. I didn't find it funny, but I didn't also care. Yeah, like it wasn't like I was offended by that. I just, I just went, oh, yeah, whatever. Sure. Um, but the, what it did strike me is. Obviously, vegans do have people do ha who are not vegan do have this perception of what vegans are like enough that a room full of people will laugh yeah. just because someone's mentioned yeah 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 absolutely just because someone's created and a that's, character that's, that's really troubling and that's yeah. really troubling and that's the we, that's it, it's the same okay so I'm moving on to your confirmation bias and your Christina Hoff Sommers who you mentioned to me last week yeah yeah um, and she is somebody who. She's the factual feminist, yeah? That's what so she So she's an old school herself. feminist. She's been involved with feminism teaching for 20, 30 years. Yeah. And she debunks um, this, what, what some people, men especially, consider scaremongering about misogyny and the patriarchy by using evidence-based stuff, yeah? S somewhat. That's her shtick, to, yeah? To, to, to say debunk, I don't think it's fair to say debunk, because debunk means that you are trying to suggest that it's not correct. Well, that's what, what she's she... talking about, because a lot of the stuff that she talks about says, especially like when talking about the pay gap, she makes yes. a point of saying that the pay gap is real and it exists. So to debunk it would be to say that it doesn't exist. Okay. So she, she doesn't debunk that myth, but what she does try to do is break it down to the, the lots of different factors that contribute to that, rather than just saying that it exists. Okay. So I think to say debunk, okay, it's important. Keep in mind, I've literally spent 20 minutes reading <laughs> about her and listening to some of her stuff, yeah? Well, I haven't spent a huge amount of time either, but I just think it's important to, because debunk, and this, this is something that I think will come, come throughout this discussion, is debunking is to say that something's wrong. Okay. 
you or, know, or, or, or absolutely not true. Yeah, or not true. Okay. Like you debunk. I gathered that she was dismissing the gender pay gap. Um, yeah, from the information, the, the small amount of time that I spent researching it, it she seemed to think that it, it wasn't accurate. She she said, I saw a very short video where she was claiming that, um, you know, if women if women weren't were being paid much less than men, you know, why aren't employers employing more women? Surely it makes sense, you know. Right. The, you know, cost of staff is one of the you know, biggest cost to a firm. If surely, if women who who she agrees can do the job as well as a man could, why aren't we employing more women? Right. Well, this um, is the thing, right? I think that's part of the issue as well with a lot of things. Sorry to interrupt. No, please. I, I don't mean to be rude, but it, that's part of the problem, isn't it? Is that you've n not you, but the people take a twenty-minute soundbite. Yes. And take that completely out of context of a whole discussion yeah, and a whole idea. Sure. Because the things that I've paid attention to with Christina Hoff Summer yeah. is three-hour-long podcasts yes. where she unpacks an idea over a long period of time and takes parts of it. And, and, and if you take 20 minutes of that and listen to just the 20 minutes, it sounds like she's trying to debunk things. But the ones that I've listened to... She's, she always acknowledges that it's real. In her defence, I have not listened to enough of her stuff to make a, to make a firm judgment. What I, what did become quickly apparent to me, yeah, is that her videos on YouTube are being posted or being made for a number of um, a number of uh, social media organisations that are that the, whose predominant videos are. All kind of alt right, so she is being furthered, and also I read that she is being published by uh, and invited to speak by societies um, and think tanks that are all funded by right wing billionaires. Yeah, yeah she's in bed with a bunch of bad people. There's no, as far as I'm concerned, she's she's in bed with a bunch of bad people, and I'll give her the benefit of the doubt because often. When you come out with a contrary view against a kind of uh, against the establishment, you find it difficult. Like, who else is going to publish her? Yeah. You know, the left-wing press don't want to touch her. Um, Why don't the left-wing press want to touch her? Because they don't. Because fundamentally, they think what she's saying is absolute rubbish. Um, well, which my gut instinct is that that is the case. Why would they? Do you think so? Yeah. I, I mean, I had this. Okay. This. Uh, it's, it's changing the. It's, it's not changing the topic. It's changing the subject matter somewhat. Yeah. Um, there was a uh, an American mathematician uh, physician called David Belinsky who uh, taught MIT. Um, he came out and said that he wasn't utterly convinced in the theory of evolution. Right. Um, he, 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 he wasn't a godly person. He didn't believe. You know, he's not. He by you know has no interest in any kind of organised religion. But as a result of this, he was utterly sidelined by the scientific community. Uh, he couldn't get published in any journals. Um, they, they, did, they didn't want to touch him. The only people that would touch him were these organisations that were essentially funded by the Christian rights. It was the only people that would give him jobs. It was the only people that would publish his work. You know, yeah. He had to make a living at the end of the day, in the same way that Christina Hofsommers, um, you know, who's, who's she going to turn to? But nonetheless, I'm justifying it to that, you know, a little bit for her. But nonetheless, her videos... And she's, oh, she's having long discussions with Jordan Peterson and Milo Yiannopoulos. And I don't know, she's pinned, as far as I'm concerned, she's pinned us, anyone who's in bed with these guys loses any kind of self-respect. Um, anyone? Yeah, I, really? I think, yeah, anyone, so who takes, think anyone who takes money from these organisations that are, 
yeah, these think tanks and these university societies, there's huge amount, a huge amount of money being pumped in by these uh, by right wing. But in fact, so much of it is dark money. You don't even know where it's coming from. Yeah, but the Koch brothers and all these, you know, there is so much, uh, there's so much nefarious money that is flooding into these things right. to try and. And it's trying to manipulate people in the way that they think about things. So do you think that's correct to do it from the other side? Do you think that... No, 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 you, I'm, not so just suggesting that that I'm not suggesting... Do you think the correct thing then is to just t uh, to only show people what is left-wing media no. funded by the left-wing? No, 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 not at all. Then how do you combat that? You, you don't. You listen to what they say and, so and, and you approach it with a, as analytically as you possibly can. Well, this is the thing though, but you've already identified the fact that you don't like the fact that she's in bed with the right wing, so you won't give it any time of day. Mm, okay, but that? I have given it some time of day. Clearly, I haven't given it enough time of day because you think I should list, but how much time of day do I need to give it? Um, I don't know. That's a difficult um, thing, isn't it? I don't know. How much time of day do I need to give it? Well, I, 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 but it's not that I wouldn't sit down with someone like that or well, someone like her and, and, and have, a, have a conversation. With that, it's interesting you bring up Milo Yiannopoulos because I think the more time I've spent looking at him, the more ridiculous he is to me. I and mean, the, he's a ridiculous less, character. There's the no less I will take any notice of what he says. So sure. it, it, like, this goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like, you know, you say, you know, how much time do we want to give these people on and how much platform do we want to give these people to say what they want? The more platform he's got, the less I will listen to him. Because but the more he says stuff, the more ridiculous it is to me. And the more I go, uh, you're just a caricature and you're literally designed for... You're just clickbait. That's yes. literally all you are. Well, they're you're con men, aren't they? You're human clickbait. They're, 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 they're con men, though. Like, yeah. See, I don't think... Okay, okay. See, Farage, classic con man. Yeah. He's a classic con man. Um, it, it's about... It's about his ego and, and his bank account, nothing else. He, he was revealed, not that this should have come as any surprise to anyone, that he, he spends absolutely no time at all in the European Parliament. He flies in there, and then he, he, he flies in there just to make a YouTube video. So he doesn't spend any time there. He's, his voting record is appalling. He never goes. He spent, like, compared to the majority of people there, he's, he's never there. He'll fly in to, on a taxpayer's, because we're paying, essentially, his salary. Yep. He'll fly in there, and in the middle of a debate, he'll come out, and he'll change topic, and he'll go on some diatribe about, you know, refugees or whatever it is, and he'll film it, and it, it's purely for his YouTube channel. Yeah. And then he flies back out. Absolutely. And then he's off in the States doing deals. He's, 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 he's just a classic con man. He doesn't care about anything. He doesn't care about anyone. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to affect him. Brexit doesn't affect him. It's not going to change Shut his up. life. Right. Um, you, you identify like... And Milo's a classic example of that. It's about making money. It's about, you know, Absolutely. trying to get published, selling books, just enriching yourself. Is the left wing any different? Um, no, no, I'm not suggesting that there's... Uh, no, I'm not suggesting that... Uh, that, that the, no, actually, no. I'm not suggesting that's the case. So um, I, in fact, I think mo I think there's no. I, I think moralism it doesn't it doesn't exist, does it? Um, how do you mean? In the sense that how many of our po politicians are guided by their principles rather than their egos, their careers? Um, well, and I don't know whether that's always been the case, but it does seem to be more now than ever that we have this kind of career politician um, with, with, with no principles whatsoever. Well, I agree with or that. Or I think, I think it's impossible to do so when politi politics is a career. It's impossible to not be self-interested uh, self sure. as a politician. It's imp how do you do that? You can't. Well, you, 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 you vote 
uh, you vote with your principles. But you can't do that because it's a career. It's about making money. If it you doesn't vote, have to be. And I if hate you and vote and with your principles. You're like you're not anywhere near taken seriously. And I think Jeremy Corbyn is an example of someone who has historically voted with his principles. Yes. And is demonised by everyone in politics. Yes. Right. Because of that. And then as soon as he gets to a point where he could potentially be someone who gets into power, sure. he goes against everything he's ever said because it's career politics. Well, not everything. But there's a lot, he, he performed a lot of U-turns on a lot of things, which yes. came down to his things that he has portrayed as his morals. and his, you know, his But maybe, uh, and, and I'm no, I have mixed views on, on Jeremy Corbyn, so I'm not, I was I'm not, I'm not a supporter as such. Well, I'll put, my, I'll put myself out there. I was such a supporter. I was an avid supporter until the point in time where he might actually get him to power yes. and watch him U-turn on a lot of things that were really important to me when you're like, oh, fucking hell, you're literally only U-turning on that so that the SNP will back you if you need a majority. Um, okay, so, but it's, okay, one of the things that you make clear is that Compromise is important in discussion. So he he's realised it's something actually. Um, my American cousin said to me recently, you know, idealism has no place in politics because not, you know nothing gets done if you just got people shouting at each other. It's nothing's ever going to get done. There is a there is a requirement for kind of this centrist politics. Yeah, I would, there, I would there, agree there, with there, that. There, there is otherwise discussion and discourse are out the window. Not it's just kind of you know, a legislative gridlock, which is essentially what we're seeing right now. But the thing is, with, with one, of the, one of the things that, for me, was a big turnaround point with Jeremy Corbyn was when he suddenly decided that he wasn't going to try and decommission a new, tried a nuclear missile programme. And that just yeah. comes literally down to the fact that the SNP wouldn't be... They wouldn't stand with him if he needed a majority because it's a massive amount of their economy, the, uh, the tried a nuclear missile programme, because it's all based in Scotland. Yes. And so... So he's, he's, so he's, he's then yeah. sacked off something that is a moralistic argument for yeah. him and nothing yeah. more for a financial argument so that he can get a majority. In yeah. which case, you can't be moralistic in politics. Like well, that's he, an example of you can't do that. He, he's, he's, losing, he's losing that moral battle to, to try and win the moral war. Yeah. And, and it is this kind of, well, okay, I, I, he's, if he's in power, he believes he can he can fundamentally change people's lives and help far more people than if he's not in power. So he's willing to make sacrifices along the way, one of which is you know, our nuclear deterrent, which is the most ridiculous and absurd thing. It's just madness. Yeah. Utter madness. What, that we have it? That we have it. Yeah, of that, course that, it is. that we're looking to spend bit at a time when schools, hospitals, you know, everything's crumbling around us. We're looking to invest billions in nuclear submarines. It's like it's, it's literally like a 1980s spy novel. It's absurd. Like, and there's no there's there's no evidence to show that we would none. even need that none. at all, and it, how it would have any benefit. It's and if nothing, for argument's nothing. sake, like, yeah. we needed to use them, we're all fucked anyway. We're all fucked. It's a it's a nonsense. We're all fucked it's, anyway. It's utter it's utter lunacy. You know, it's it's a. But he's obviously decided button. to take that on the chin um, in order to. You know, like I say, you know, only only through government will he be able to make the kind of dramatic positive change that he wants to make. Um, do, you, do you believe that though, or do you believe that? I believe that he just wants to get to the goal. He wants um, to win. And oh, politics, to me, is about winning now more okay, than anything else. Listen, I think it goes to your head. That kind of stuff goes to your head inevitably. Like whatever, whatever walk, you know, once you're absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, it, it does. It, it does. 
yeah, it does. The ego <laughs> takes the ego does. takes over, and and there's, but nonetheless, I do generally think he's, as they go, pretty decent guy. Um, and I think his intentions are good. I think often he's a bit outdated and misguided. Um, and if anything, he's a bit too fundamental in his views. Um, but nonetheless, compared to our Tory overlords that exist right now, like, God, like, he's, oh, uh, his track record has shown that, you know, like, he will vote with his, you know, he, he will vote for what's right. Of the two evils... That's certainly the evil I'm going to choose every time. Yeah, sure. But this is the thing, though. Politics, then, like, like much like we've discussed plenty of times over, the problem is, is, is picking a side, right? And un- and that's one of my problems with politics. It's ridiculous to just be picking a side. Yeah, like, I agree. I don't agree with any. I don't agree entirely with anything of any uh, pol- political party. I agree more with Labour. So then I have to just go. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess I'm Labour. Yeah, I think that's all the that's that's all the the options that are available though, because you Party know politics you're taking a, a very complex. You're taking 70 million people, um, you know, each with many different concerns and worries and fears and phobias and dreams and ideals. Yeah, and viewpoints. And you're, and and you're trying to you're, yeah, you're trying to come up with trying to yeah, exactly manufacture policy that's going to please. A majority of them, at least. Yep. Which is why we have majority politics, presumably. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's 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 really difficult. I um, just don't I don't see it possible. I, d- I don't think the way we do politics makes sense. Like having a party, I don't believe in party politics. I think that's ridiculous. Um, uh, because what how party politics is is exactly what I think is. It, it goes. It runs right through everything that I think. Picking a team. Yeah doesn't make sense and that's why sports have never appealed to me apart from mixed martial arts sure. because I don't have to pick a team I can there's 600 fighters in the UFC for our example and I can like as many of them as I want yeah sure because I like them for all different reasons okay for different things and there's no needing to pick a side no sometimes I'll watch fights where I really like both fighters and I want both of them to win you didn't strike me as a UFC fan I fucking love UFC fair enough um I love mixed martial arts in general, but uh, yeah. So yeah, you're a misogynist. You like violent, fuck off, violent male sports. Fuck off. Well, how do you feel about? Well, actually, okay, sorry, one yeah, second you before go you go on. on go to on. counter, I'm taking that, the piss, obviously. Yeah, but to counter that, right, yeah. and this is something that I say to people all the time. As far as sports go, it's far more equal with men and women than any other sport at all. What, men and arts? women, mixed martial, mixed martial arts, yeah. and the UFC. Are, They've not always been good with this, right? Historically, they've been bad with it. Yeah. But there came a point where someone from a meritocratic standpoint broke through and broke the mould. Is this the transgender? Because no, 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 I'll, no, no, I'll, no. I'll ask you about that next. Well, it's, it's about how men and women compete professionally at mixed martial arts. Okay. So men and women fight on the same card. Yes. They don't have different organisations. They both fight for the UFC at the same time. Yeah. They're paid in exactly the same way. Okay. Um, men headline cards, women headline cards. Okay. Um, they're, uh, you know, they're, admittedly, men have been fighting in the UFC much longer professionally than women have, so there's more weight categories. Yeah. But the weight categories are going up with women. There's no gender pay gap It's there. changing. Well, I bet women are paid less. I don't well, know. Well, okay, totally so, so to, to, to counter that, yeah. the highest paid uh, uh, fighter in 
mixed martial arts before Conor McGregor, because yeah. he's, he's an anomaly with everything, um, was a female. Okay. She was the highest, she was the highest paid of everyone. Should female tennis it, players be paid as much as men, even though they play less sets? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's about quality. This is the thing. So with one of the things that I always appreciated with mixed martial arts was the reason that woman, um, Ronda Rousey, was paid more than every other fighter was because more people wanted to watch her. Yeah. More people were interested in her. And she was paid more than everyone else at the time. She was the highest paid fighter in the UFC. What do you think about the trans woman that... I have only saw a headline of this. So I don't know my huge amounts of information. Is it, but talking I, about, it, I think her name is Callum came, Fox. Is right? that her name? This came up, actually, as I was researching Joe Rogan, who you mentioned to me last time. Uh, he's another alright buddy of yours. He's not alright. He's alright, isn't he? And isn't this the problem? When you question things, people can I just do, do that. I'm doing it tongue in cheek just to wind you up, though. But the trouble is, is you doing that tongue in cheek, there are people that can listen to this and go, "Well, he's alright then." Yeah, it's true. And it can be taken out of context. It can be. It's the danger in being like that, then. Um, so yeah, I, I would okay. never accuse you of being alt left. Yes. Because I don't think you are. No. I think you're actually probably quite safe. For anyone that's actually listening, I don't think Nick is all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think. Um, oh. No, joke, 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 joke. Ooh. That's a joke. Um, uh, so hold on. So, yeah, so I only, and he, he, he was upset, I think, wasn't he, about this. And now I need to, I need to look it up, really, about well, whether so it, was, it was a trans man or a trans woman. So it was. It must have been a trans. Trans it, woman, so it was man transitioned to woman. A man, okay, so it was a trans woman fighting. Yeah, he wasn't happy about this. It was a trans, trans woman fighting other women. Yes, he wasn't happy about this. Yeah. Um, this is a real muddy topic to, uh, to, get, to, to, get, to get involved with. Um, um, personally, I have no opinion whatsoever as how you can discern whether trans men or trans women should be allowed to compete uh, in, in, in sports. Um, personally, I think they should be allowed to. Um, I think... I don't think anyone's saying they shouldn't. Um, well, there's this case at the moment with the... Isn't there? With the... What's her name? Semenya? The um, middle distance, 800 metre, 1500 metre. Where is she from? I'm not entirely working. I have no idea. Okay, she... she, she oh, it's been going on for quite a few years. They didn't want her to compete. Um... She is this a trans woman? No, no, she's she's not. It, people were speculating initially that she oh, may have been a she may have had testosterone, she, test, high yeah, testosterone high, yeah. levels, or some kind of male sexual organs, or, or some there was some. She you might know, have been intersex. Yes, exactly. Um, and this has been going on for years, and I think it's still being. I think they they allowed allowed her to compete. Uh, and then it she was in won the Olympics. In the Olympics, yeah. but I think still—it's still kind of going through the courts as to whether or not she should be allowed to compete. Um, well, essentially, what I remember it being when I like—I do remember it now. I didn't remember the name, but she's I remember a big, the story. Strong, she's, a, she's a big, strong, powerful what woman. It, what it was when I read about it was that it was to do with whether she could be, even though she is biologically a female, yes. whether she could compete as a female because of. The how they believe that potentially she has such an outweighing of testosterone sure. yes. that it that she's maybe intersex, which, which is the same kind of situation with a trans woman competing with with other women. 
And my personal view on this, uh, I hope I don't upset anyone that's listening, is that she, they should be allowed to compete. Because it's like, well, well, with where would you draw the line with this kind of thing? It's like saying, well, this, the Williams sisters, you know, they're strong, powerful women. Are they too strong and powerful to compete? They're so much better than everyone else, they shouldn't be allowed to compete. I think there's so many right. factors in play, physiologically, and human beings are so different from each other, uh, that even amongst men and women, that... You know, having high levels of testosterone doesn't necessarily necessarily make you more of a you know a man than a trans man. Or no, but uh, the thing is, right? So, to, if I can just stop you there. Yeah, go for it. The argument is, is that we have weight categories in fighting for a reason. Yes. So that we don't have a man who's 265 pounds fighting a man who's 125 pounds and yeah. beating the living daylights out of him. Yes. Because it was perceived as being, even though they still they both have a technical ability to fight, yep. that because the pure difference in size mm -hmm. and strength of the enormous person compared to the tiny person is unfair. Okay, so we have weight so they categories. they do the same, that it's a women compete with the same? In the yeah, same. women okay. have there's weight All categories. Right. So you, you like, Chris, Chris Cyborg is probably one of the most famous, but of the bigger women. Okay. She will never fight like, I don't know, like Paige Van Zandt because they're okay. in different weight cats. So that's perfect. So what people recognise is that men versus men, women versus women, is that there are different physiological aspects sure. and you have to like categorise them separately. Yeah, I mean, the so weight I thing makes complete with, sense. With trans people fighting, I don't know anyone who's into mixed martial arts, right, who yeah. actually has a problem with trans people competing. But what people do have a problem with is... The, the trans people competing with other women because biologically, I don't know if you believe in the science because some people don't believe in the science, but biologically, men produce more muscle mass, have denser bones, have like a stronger physiology, even if you're weight for weight than, than women. So it's that acknowledgement that biologically there's differences and they should be treated different. In the same way weight categories already does that. There was an article today in the Guardian that I, I don't know. You know what? I don't know well, enough. Do you, um, do, do you understand where I'm? Yeah, no, I completely understand. I completely understand. But my uh, my and underst my understanding of the science is utterly limited. Yeah, mine as, too. As is as, as is presumably most people. And there was an article today that I'll push people to read in the Guardian. Obviously, um, good old Guardian. Yeah, uh, which I really would like. It was about. And maybe it was in the, under the sports section. It was about exactly about this, and it was some. She was a scientist who. Um, here you go. She is. Her name is Katrina Carcassis. Right. Um, she. Let's see what her. Let's see what she does for a living. She. Scroll to the bottom. She's a senior research visiting fellow in the Global Health Justice Partnership at Yale University and the author of Fixing Sex, Intersex, Medical Authority and Lived Experience. Um, and the, sub, the, you know, the subtext here is, sports bodies want a biological criterion to indicate an athlete's sex, but it's mind-bogglingly bogglingly more complicated than that. And so I would push everyone to have a read about that. Right, fair enough. I found it very interesting. Like our understanding of these things, you know, gender and sex, and I, I don't know, I'm not so sure. And when you talk about bone density, I, 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 these are the kind of things that, we, you know, we used against allowing black athletes to compete 60, 70 years ago. Yeah, you're right. It might be complete uh, and utter bullshit. That's why I say if you believe in the science, because some people don't, and that's fair enough. You're entitled to your opinion. But the the the, the problem I have with it is... That is just the idea that 
if that's correct, then what you're allowing is someone with an unfair advantage to fight someone with a disadvantage. I know, but it's like... In the same like, way, it's I, like don't, I don't want... In the same way, right, so... That, sorry to interrupt. No, but no, feel free to. UFC, pre-UFC, there was a, like a Japanese organisation, well, during as well, called Pride. And in Pride, they had those fights. They had people that were 300 pounds fighting someone who was 125 pounds. And they're interesting, but purely from a like, oh, kind of point of view, because I watched it, and you're like, oh my God, this is horrible. This is oh, this makes me but, feel. But this trans really athlete is going to is going to compete in the correct weight category, so it's sorted as far as I'm concerned. Um, well, I don't think it's quite that simple to say that it's sorted. In which case, why do you think um, organisations like like the UFC have separate men and women categories? Why do you think that it should just be men should be able to fight women then? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's up to the individual, absolutely. If they, if they want, think, if, yeah. So you think they should? You think men and women should be able to fight uh, each other as long as they're the same weight? Yeah, I don't see why. If they want to, if they want to, but you, but what you think that men will have an unfair advantage? Well, within mixed martial arts, right, there are a number of factors that I think yes, they would. I, I think it's up to the athletes themselves to to, to decide. So there would be, in my opinion, there would be unfair advantages. Like, so for example, professionally, men have been competing with mixed martial arts longer, right? So there has been more training efforts for for men to be better. And sure, but a 25-year-old man versus a 25-year-old woman, they've been training and competing for as long as each other. But they generally haven't. Um, for most professional fighters, they haven't. Okay. Um, male fighters start a lot younger than female fighters. A majority, not all, sure. but majority. So it's the thing, isn't it? It's like, it's, there's lots of things actually, right? I'm a big fan of mixed martial arts, right? And there's a lot of things that I'm not necessarily fully comfortable with in that. And yeah, I mean, in violent sport, anyway. Uh, go on, what were you going to say? And uh, so I don't know if even the way that we've got it, where it's just weight category against weight category, uh, people in the, males in the same weight category. Because you see this passing over of the torch effect in, in mixed martial arts a lot, where let's just say there's been a dominant legendary fighter, mm -hmm. and they've, they're now in their 40s, and the organisation is throwing them to fight men in their 20s, right? Because men in their 40s don't have the reaction time, don't have the, like, you can see it across the board that all of these fighters that continue fighting into their 40s, which is, there's probably uh, like 15, 20 of them that have done this because most fighters f retire before that. They're not the same fighter that they were in their 20s. Sure. Or their 30s. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying, doesn't right? it, really? And so, I don't necessarily think it's okay to just say, well, you're a man, you're a man, you're in the same weight category, fight each other. Sure. I don't necessarily think that's right. Well, often they have age categories, don't they? And No, not in UFC? No. Um, they do, do they have in boxing? Uh, I don't think so. Like a veterans? I, I don't know about boxing. I know in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu there's like a master's section where yeah. you can compete like as like an older person and it would be just against older people as well. Yeah, I think that's got to be the, the way forward. You know what, changing the topic somewhat, how do you feel about contact sports generally and it being taught in school? Oh, see, this is one of the things like... You know, I was saying about like having a few things that I'm uncomfortable with. Yes. I love watching mixed martial arts, and I love a good knockout. Yeah. But every time I see a good knockout, I go, oh, that oh, person's yeah. brain is being damaged, yeah, and that will time. cause lots of problems for that person yeah, for the rest time. of their life. Sure. 
Um, but they want to do it. Yeah, they, 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 if they want to do it, it's up, it's up to the individual. But children in school... Okay, brief background. I played a bit of rugby at school. I was yeah. rubbish at it. I, I was kind of pushed into playing it. I had two older brothers who were both very good at, at, at sport. I was pretty rubbish at all of it, but I had to kind of, you know, had to go along and try my best anyway. Yeah. I uh, wish I hadn't. I'm utterly convinced it's left me with, uh, I've got back problems, neck problems. I'm utterly convinced, shoulder problems. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that that impacts sports has left me physically kind of damaged, damaged, yeah. debilitated as a result. As a ro- I, I, I don't know. When I look back on it, I think, God, you know, is there any place for that really? For like teenage young boys to be like, Pounding the crap out of each other, other running into each other, smashing the shit out of each there other. There is a place for it, I think. Okay. In in as much as if you want to have professional athletes within those fields represented from our country, then yes. yeah, you do need that. But we're discovering more and more as time goes on just how damaging, you know, these professional rugby players, I think American football is becoming really clear oh, yeah. how, you know, with, with dementia, but also with actually CTE, with football yeah. as well, uh, you know, we, you know, heading the ball, although footballs have changed somewhat since the 60s, you know, those old heavy leather balls. Yeah. But, you know, they, yeah, they ended up with a lot, you know, a lot can of those just, guys. Can I just take that as a quote yeah, and then okay. section it off and oh, yeah, you call please. me it at one point? Yeah. Can I edit it? So Feel you just to. call me old heavy leather balls. Go for it. <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> Um, uh, I mean, that's obviously changed, but nonetheless, you know, people are, you know, su- have suffered terribly as a result of playing these kind of professional yeah. sports um, with all kinds of brain damage and dementia and we're linking all these things to it. Like, yep. Um, so I don't know. At what, at, what point, at what point do we say this ain't no good for kids to be doing? Um, yeah, I agree. We, we, you know, we, we do a lot of things that we tell kids they can't do already why why is that not one of them but then that the trouble with that is then if we if anyone wants to compete at that they're at a disadvantage later down the line because the majority of people who do compete professionally to a high level will have been doing it since they were a kid yeah because that's how you that's just how it works and so i don't know do you want to have good professional footballers from this country i don't know do you want to have I mean... good rugby players from this country uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's something universally they need to look at, you know, look, look at across across countries and say. Although I think they they probably will do in the long run. Um, I mean, the injuries footballers and rugby players suffer is it's just horrific, and I think they're ever increasing as a result of the amount of sport that they play. And and they're just I don't know rugby players. You know, when I I'm not a huge rugby fan, but you know, watching international rugby in the '90s, the Will Carling years, and these types, they were kind of this is what I guess it was semi-professional back in the day as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just kind of, you know, fit, but, you know, average-looking guys. Now they're monsters. They all look like the fucking Incredible Hulk, these guys. <laughs> they do, don't they? You see the size yeah. of them. Every play, you know, not just the forwards, but the backs. They're big, big, muscular right, so, men. So that actually takes me back to what we were talking about, especially with, like, trans people competing. Yeah. So with, with like, trans women competing with women, right, um, in the same way that like we don't allow people to take steroids in sports because it gives people an unfair advantage there are all these things that already exist to recognize unfair advantages and there is a possibility for the same thing that a trans woman would have an unfair advantage against a woman there's a possibility for that so why are we not addressing that if I, it, or I, I, why I, are you I, suggesting that we shouldn't address that uh, no i would I think it's such. It, it seems to be like such a muddy field, especially with the science, 
the uh, I'm and I, I am not informed enough to to engage in that debate, and I'd only offend the trans community by by although I'm offering to support you know that trans people should be competing. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Does anyone know? Do we well, know? I'm, Does I'm, science know? I'm all for trans people competing as well, but I'm just for trans people competing you in a way that's fair. In it that's fair to everyone involved, that's all, basically. That's all, that's yeah, all yeah, I care yeah, about. It's not like... Yeah. And this is one of the things that frustrates me, right? There's these... What I refer to as verbal smoke grenades. Yeah. Right? This is my own thing that I've come up with as what to call it, where people have a thing that they can just throw into a discussion to try and shut it down. We talked about this when you were in the other day when I fucked up and drew the wrong thing for you and yes. had to reappoint you. Yeah. Um, Tosser. Sorry about that. That's all right. Um, I am only human after all. You are. Um, and so, yeah, like these verbal smoke grenades, right? So yes. one of the things that happens when people are discussing this thing about um, trans people competing, right? Uh, and it, it happens a lot. What people do is they go... You're transphobic. Room's full of smoke. You can't talk about it anymore. Sure. When all of the things like what you refer to as my old right buddy Joe Rogan, yeah. right? all I ever think he's trying to do is discuss it and discuss yeah. those things and say, is there a valid argument to say that people shouldn't or should people just be allowing this yeah. and discussing it? And as soon as you do that, a lot of people have a tendency to just get the verbal smoke grenade, pull out the pin, throw it and just go, you're transphobic. And then accuse someone of being transphobic when yeah. all they're trying to do is discuss something. Yeah, it comes back to this polarisation. But I, with the Joe Rogan thing, I don't know. I, 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 have, he, I think he was pretty mean about this trans athlete. Or he maybe, maybe, maybe he was just insensitive or maybe he made some joke that wasn't funny, whatever. Um, I know he does okay, make jokes is, that aren't funny. A, okay, so this is a classic example. Of, so, okay, with the hop, going back to Christina Hoff Sommers, yep. here's somebody who... We are jumping around quite I a lot. I know, we it's are. Good we, st- yeah? It's good that we're coming back to that. Okay, yeah. because... You know what? There's going to be at least 15, 20% of the stuff that she says that I'll agree with, despite right. the fact that I've dismissed her as, as a, if anything, naive. Uh, if what not, makes you think she's naive? I think she's naive because I'm not entirely sure that she's aware of the bed that she's made. Or I, I don't, because I don't, I don't think she's a cynical con person. You know, like your Milo's or your yeah. or your Nigel's. I don't think she's necessarily just in it to enrich herself. Although, you know, she wants to make a living and sell lots of books. Yeah, I don't think she's just getting up and saying stuff for for that reason alone. Yeah, right. She considers herself a Democrat. She considers herself to be liberal. Yeah, I think she's naive in the sense that, in the same way that I feel about Jermaine Greer, is that you've got women, you've got feminists, you know, uh, that for, who have been fighting their cause since since long before I was born, yeah. who have failed to change and adapt um, to the, the, the... The conversation has changed. Um, How do you mean? In what way? Well, Greer's constantly... I, I, I think specifically, in a, in, you get these militant feminists. I wonder what her view on trans people is, actually. Uh, <laughs> Christina Hoff-Sommers. Who knows? You know, um, I, I think that... You know, feminism as we understand it today isn't what it was 30, 40 years ago. You know, and things clearly have changed in in Western society specifically for 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 women. But there are other things that are impeding, um, that, that are blocking the way uh, for 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 women to find a, a true equality with men. Whereas I think the you know the Greers 
and the Hofsommers. See, their views just seem a bit, a little bit dated, as far as I'm concerned. Um, she thinks everything's okay for her. For, and she thinks she generally thinks in white. You know, okay. So I watched a five. I watched a, so this video that I watched with her. It was about with who? Uh, Hofsommers. It was right. about um, rape culture in universities. Okay. Right. So she and she was. Like, I'm not going to use the word debunking because you don't like it. She was ta- she, there had been a huge amount of uh, research done on campus in America about sexual assaults, yeah, on, right. on girls or women, forgive me. Just on women. Just on women. Right. And um, it turned, and this, uh, this, this, this research uh, pr- suggested that one in four girls or women going to university in America were subject to sexual assault. And she took that apart quite correctly, as far as I could see, yeah, because the questions were somewhat misleading, and, you know, it was also how one categorises and what one categorises as sexual assault, yeah? Yeah. So what is? Okay, exactly. Well, we'll, I'll come back to that, I guess, in a second, yeah? So she she correctly debunked that, and what she's turned around and said was, actually, it seems realistically it's more like one in 50, well, not even necessarily debunks, but just questions it. Okay. Questions it as an idea. But she thought that was okay. One in 50 women, let's say one in 50 women going to university in the United States suffers a sexual assault. That's an epidemic as far as one in four is incredible, unbelievable, which probably is unbelievable because some of these things that are categorized as sexual assaults weren't sexual assaults. What, so do you, what in it that, but one, what in but it that she, but she how many said? Men, how many men are suffering sexual assaults at university? Ain't one in 50. I don't know. I think that's a difficult one to discuss as well it's, because it's the attitudes towards men coming out about sexual assaults is completely different. I, I, yeah, got, I agree with that. I've got two, and this is something that Bill Burr talked about last night, which is really good. I'm basically plugging his fucking special that's going to be coming out again, uh, coming out soon. But one of the things that he talked about is the differences in attitude with men coming out about things like that than women. Like, I've had two specific Me Too stories. I don't really want to get into them okay. as to what happened, but I've got two things... And one of them is fucking horrible. And the other one is just... They're, they're, they're both horrible in, in different ways. Mm. But the attitudes towards men coming out and talking about that is completely different to women coming out and talking about it. So I don't know. When you say, is one in 50 men uh, actually being sexually assaulted on campus? I don't know, because I think the attitudes towards men coming out is completely different to, to women coming out and talking about it. So there okay. would be a hell of a lot of men who have... Never talk about it. Ever. I, I I agree. There's a whole whole layer of issues going on there. But nonetheless, I don't think my instinct is that men do not suffer sexual assaults anywhere near as much at university campuses as women do. In my experience of going to university, that's all I can all I can. My instinct tells so, me yeah, that. So it's yeah, purely Living, looking at broader the broader society that we live in, uh, that is what that is what I I. I until well, evidence that, suggests right. otherwise, I believe that to be the case, yeah. So along with that, just if I can interject there, right, there's also attitudes to, as to what sexual assault is to men. Yes. Right, comparative to women. Sure. And some things which I regard to be sexual assault aren't regarded to be sexual assault when it happens to a man. Um, give me an example. Um... What what is classified? What what would you consider a sexual assault to be as a as a man? I, I don't think well, I, you and tons, I. There are tons of different things, but one of the things is like uh, pressure on or, or consent, right? Yes. So um, there's been times where I've not consented to sex, 
Okay. At all. Sure. And someone's pressured me into it. Yeah. That happens. That happens to men. Yeah. But that's not considered... Like, men would... Majority of men, I feel, wouldn't consider that to be a sexual assault. And the majority... Okay, see... And I think the majority of people wouldn't consider that to be a sexual assault on men. Well, it's a funny one. It's like, at what point... Do you, yeah, it's like you say, well, what is sexual assault? Like, uh, we, but we live in such a climate of victim, or we have lived in such a climate of victim shaming that it's such muddy territory to turn around and even, like, suggest this kind of stuff. But for instance, okay, so if I, if you're, if you're, if you're in a long-term relationship and you're in bed one night with your boyfriend, girlfriend, well, yeah, does it matter? I don't think it, whatever, I don't think it matters at this point. But you turn around and you're like, oh, come on, let's, let's have sex. Come on, I really want to. Come on, come on. And she's like, no, I don't, honestly, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. And then you're like, oh, come on, please, come on. Let's do it, let's do it. And eventually he, she um, subsides and has sex. Is that a sexual assault? Well, some people would suggest that it is. Do you, what's your opinion? You, do, you, are you scared of offering your opinion on that? Because No, it's not that because I'm scared the climate of offering is, the, cl- the climate is so... It's so fiery. Know. It's not that I'm scared of offering my opinion. It's just that I don't know. Is it up to, is it up to the victim to decide <sighs> if that's a sexual assault? Who decides that's a sexual assault? And this I is what Hoff Sommers is essentially saying. Um, and her and Greer are like, oh, come on, ladies, pull yourself together. That's not rape. Well, if, that, if the girl or boy or whatever feels like that they've been raped as a result of that behavior, then I don't know. Is it rape? Um, well, this is where I think would come in would be better, clearer uh, definitions of what sexual assaults are and differentiations between them. Yeah. Because I think that would help. Uh, uh, are our governments going through that process at the moment? I'm not entirely sure. I, don't, like, I, don't I, I think, think so. And it's like, I think it's a really, it seems, it seems logically that, you know, if you're a man or a woman who you know, is walking down the street one night down a dark alley and has a knife pulled on them and is forcibly raped, that should not and cannot be considered the same as being in the situation that I just described. No. But, I, I, I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm, I don't know actually if I feel that that's the case or not. Um, that's Logic suggests that that is the case. Yeah. But, I don't know. Does it, it's, it's, it's up to the victim, isn't it? No. It isn't. Well, I don't know. It's up to the police and it's up to governments to try and legislate, you know? I don't know what it, what it is, like, because there are... When you say it's up to the victim, I think that's a really dangerous category, isn't it? Like, well, it's a really yeah, dangerous because, sort of well, you're falling into uh, situations where men are being... and women are being accused of, uh, of yeah, uh, of, of stuff that they don't feel they or they haven't done. Well, so to, a lot to, of that that as goes an example well. of that, do you know much about the Aziz Ansari case? Uh, only the headlines of it. He be- he behaved inappropriately on a date, did he? Well, yes. Well, somewhat, yeah. Yeah. Um, but to me, when I, I read up on that, right, and to me, what that is, is it sounded like to me that it was just a really confused, mixed message situation. Yes. And so, like, from what I read, and I don't... I'm not saying this is 100% the truth because I don't know 100% the truth, but from what I read, it seemed like what happened is they had a date, they went back to his, it, you know, it's all on, they're all kissing and cuddling, she got a bit uncomfortable with the whole thing and mm. said, oh no, let's slow this down. Yep. Um, because he was getting a bit like harsh with it, he was a bit rough and a okay. bit like, like, ugh, about it, okay. in, a, in a bit of a douchey sounding way. Yeah. And so she 
and this is sort of the key point to me, is she just went, right, let's slow this down, right? Yeah. Um, and so, according to what I've read, they then sat there, still naked, talking, chatting, and uh, at some point, she decided to perform a sex act on him during that, and at which point, he then thinks it's on again, and so he starts having to go, and she's like, no, 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 I don't want this. Mm. I said I don't want it. Yeah. I've not consented to this. Okay. So with things like that, if you just allow the victim to decide whether they've been assaulted or not, yeah. which according to her, she has. But then the trouble with that is, from his perspective, I, I would assume that because someone has said, let's slow this down, that doesn't mean that they're not interested. That means like, whoa, whoa, whoa let's chill this out. Let's, let's, let's not... Yes, it's it, not wolf this dinner right down straight. Sounds away. like a misunderstanding from what you've told me. Um, I, and I, I might think, be wrong in my. Yeah, my unless you're there and you know the full details, it's hard to make a um, hard to make a judgment really. Um, so that's just and that's, that's been caught up in the whole Me Too thing. Look at us sitting here, two men talking about what classifies as sexual assault on women. What talk? What well, classifies? No, no, I'm not, I'm not as, talking uh, about what classifies as sexual assault on women. I'm talking about what classifies as sexual assault because I've been yeah, sexually assaulted. assaulted. Okay. So I'm not talking about it on what classifies on women. I'm talking about what classifies sexual assault. Assaults, yeah. That's a different thing on anyone, man, woman, um, trans, anyone. I mean, that, that situation, I mean, he was caught up. Yeah, it, it's like anything... Um, the Me Too thing is obviously there's been a, a militant element of it. Um, oh, how do you feel about Louis C.K.? <sighs> I'll tell you my opinion first, and Go it'll on, probably upset lots of people. I really like, I, I loved Louis C.K. as a comedian. I loved his shows. Mm -hmm. Think he's absolutely hilarious. Um, just real quick before you go on, yeah, one, go on. one one second. What I want to do is just to make sure that we don't lose all of that. That thing craps out every now and again, so okay. I have to just stop it and start yeah. it again. Go for it. Um, just to make sure that it's still recording. Cool. Go on, you were saying about Louis C.K. Okay, Louis C.K. So, yeah, I'm big, I was a big fan. I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of anyone, but I'm a big fan of... of his of, comedy. Of his comedy. Loved yeah. his stand-up shows. Um, should he never perform again? Look at us, we'll see. Yeah. Should We're he never many. perform again? There's nothing wrong, he just wanked out in front of a few women, let right. him perform. Do you My opinion is that like it's forgivable and he should be allowed to perform again. I saw him in Camden, actually. Do you know what I think about that whole thing? Yeah. He, From what I read about it, and I don't know this to be the authoritative of, of what happened, but from what I read about it, he asked consent on every single occasion to oh, wank. I didn't realise actually that was the, even that was the case. Okay. I might be wrong. Okay. I don't know that for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure about that. from what I read, he yeah. asked consent every time. Okay. And the argument is, is that even though he asked consent, that's abusing his power as yeah. being a person in a position of power. Now, yes. before we go on and, and, and say anything about that, yeah. one thing that I do think with that as well is these are historic cases from years and years ago, like between, I think it's between 10 and 20 years ago. Okay. 10 and 20 years ago, Louis C.K. wasn't the Louis C.K. that he is now. No, he no, no, had sure. no power in yes. that situation. Yeah. So he... Only, let's say, for the last decade has, has, has he been a real commercial hit, I suppose. Yeah, but at the point that these things happened, because all of these are historic cases, to my knowledge, I might be wrong, but to yeah. my knowledge, all of these things, when they happened... He wasn't in power over those people. Like he didn't. Have, they were. It was all with other comedians, female comedians. Yeah. And he 
like they were doing shows together, they were at the same level of who they were in their career at that point. Mm. So then the argument about him abusing a position of power doesn't necessarily enter into it because he didn't have a position of power. No. I, I mean, if, if that's the case, then no. But I'm sure some of it was more recent when he was, you know, it was he did have power over these female comedians. They needed to rely on him to further their careers, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, a, it's, a, it's essentially, it's kind of like a sexual assault in a workplace, isn't it? If, if that, the if dynamic that is, the is case, different. It's a workplace environment. If that is the case, and it has been times where he has been in positions of power, then yeah, of course that's problematic. But also the, the thing that's problematic about that is you've, the, the, the argument is all about consent. And so if someone has seek consent, right, and they have, gained consent yeah how then can you say that that person was in the wrong yeah I mean if that is the case again it, it, it changes it from, <sighs> from my knowledge he seek consent every time okay um, but I they're concerned about they're concerned about losing losing their livelihood and their job if they say no if they say no to him I don't know if there was such a culture of fear surrounding people potentially saying no keep it in your pants Louis that you know you're never going to work again in this industry kind of thing absolutely I don't um, know that and, and I agree with that I think that's difficult yes but then the trouble is is like okay then put yourself in the scenario of Louis CK mm. right he can never get consent. No, no, like yeah, in that, in that situation, he, you know, he can't. He at can't. All. I know. Because can't. you can't assume that he can get consent even with someone that's a complete stranger in the no. street because they might be just wanting to sleep with him so that even though he's got consent, they can then go, well, I didn't, I, I didn't get it because they want some, something from that. Well he, can't get, no, well, he can't get consent with women he's working with. But he, like, he, it's there's plenty of other women out there. Yeah, but even women he's not working with, he can't essentially get consent. No, of course he can't. It's exactly the same principle. Because it's not be, the same principle. Well, there could be something to benefit from those people. Yeah, but uh, I think eventually somewhere you have to draw the line there and you have to say this is a workplace thing, you know, and there's, there, should, there, are, there are rules or there should be rules within the workplace about behaviour. Um, in broader society, there are also rules. There, it's laws, but it, and the law states if you've given your consent, it's fine. But in the workplace, it's 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 muddier. But nonetheless, it, should it be forgivable? As he has, he is his behaviour. A is it a sexual assault? Is that again? Is that classified as a sexual assault? And also, is it forgivable? And at what point is sexual assault not forgivable? At what point is anything not forgivable? In fact, I don't know. Um, you know, he 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 seemed to be really contrite about about his behaviour, and um, you know, he's sorry, I'm not good with. I, I didn't. I, I my schooling was shit. What does contrite mean? Like he was apologetic, <laughs> right? Okay. You know, he 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 held he held his hand up, his hands up, and he said, you know, I, I've got a problem, and I'm going to seek help for it, and I shouldn't have behaved that way. Um, so, at what point do you say, okay? Um, you can have your job back, mate. You can... Uh, well, this is something... Although, like to be fair, he is kind of already making a comeback and it's only inevitable... Uh, yeah, but he seems to be making it in a bad way at the yeah, moment. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's... it's. I mean, he's... Yeah. Like, I mean, who's... Somewhere... I, I don't know. Is it forgivable? What's forgivable? Is Howard Weinstein forgivable? Harvey. Yeah. Oh, Howard, sorry. <laughs> Harvey. <laughs> who's Howard Weinstein? I don't anyway, know, but if whatever. he listens to this podcast, he'll be livid. Be <laughs> I've done nothing wrong. It's not me. <laughs> I've been calling him Howard for months. Um, yeah. Is I, Harvey Weinstein forgivable? Uh, no, I don't think so. He seems to be like a grotesque Well, individual. this goes back to what I was saying before. And I think 
I think personally it's quite reasonable to just start a discussion about what about differentiating between things because there are different forms of sexual assault and they should be treated differently because the person is assaulted differently and there's different repercussions and there's different you know yeah, sure. ramifications of that um it's also somewhere it's it's also a discussion that has become like you say so polarized uh, that it's it's almost impossible to have a a, a kind of a simple discussion uh, yeah. about it uh, from varying, especially it's imp- there is one thing I do think concrete in this personally. Yeah, I've got one concrete view. Yeah, is that I don't agree that you just have to believe a victim. Yeah, I mean clearly, clearly we you see many occasions where you know there's people are, are lying. Um, I think that that's where that's where the courts and the judicial system come in, really, and, yeah. and jurors and all these types of things. You need I to kind of really pick 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 through it. I do think every victim should be taken seriously. Yes, and that hasn't been happening clearly. No, and that there's hasn't. so much evidence to suggest that you know what we have not been listening to to women, and I guess to a much lesser extent men as well. Um, and the police haven't been for whatever re- reason, whether that's indifference or lack of resources have not been taken these, you know, it, it seriously enough. I think like everything that we've discussed and like everything that we do discuss, there's actually a lot of things to unpack as to why that happens. And this is one of the things, right? Like we are jumping around on a lot of subjects, but there is a through line to me of the fact that all of these subjects have become very polarising. Very difficult to have a... T- it's, it's very it's difficult, difficult to, to have, have a, a discussion. Yeah, sure. And it's, it's one of the things I'm aware of with the podcast is it's difficult to have a discussion for the fear of the fact that just in discussing it... Yeah, you're going to anger people. People will get triggered. Yeah, upset and, and angry. There is a culture of people to do online witch hunts where basically yeah. when people are triggered, sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly, yeah. by a discussion, yeah. that they, will, they want to shut that down. Yeah, sure. And I mean, there will be people be angry at the prospect of two white entitled men having a discussion at all and offering opinions. When you on say, sorry, one second. When you say two white entitled men, what do you mean by two white entitled men? Well, we come from a certain demographic. What demographic is that? White entitled men, it middle will, class men. I'm not middle class. Okay, well, you don't. Oh, that's another sub. That's another topic altogether. Well, um, this is one of the things, though. Like it's it's. This is, again, one of the things, right? You've just done it there. You've made assumptions about me, right, based on very little knowledge. And this is one of the things that people do, and it's a problem, is you assume that I'm middle class. I'm well, not. I, I'm not. To, to, to give I, you a background I, I, of my life, I, okay, I, I went I, to I, one of the poorest schools in this country. I know that. Right? I, I, I know and that. I, we had... We had, when I grew up, uh, I'm, my parents are still together, yeah. but my, one of my parents was working and the other parent wasn't. We had very little money on a council estate. We, uh, I, my parents still live on that same council estate. They've bought that house now through the right to buy system, but otherwise they wouldn't have had an ability to buy. Yeah. I'm from not the best background. I'm not from a middle-class background. Yeah. Right? I, I knew that before I made that <laughs> suggestion, Yeah, before I threw that epithet at you. Yeah, yeah so like, when you say entitled... At what and point? Is, at, what, at what point? Sorry, do you? Will you? Would you ever consider? You, would you, are you? Are you working class for life? Um, because of that. Well, this is one of the things I actually think the class system does need to sort of fuck off. Really, I don't think it's beneficial. I don't think it's helpful. And even in that, 
identifying as working class doesn't help because you differentiate yourself enormously from other people. But within that, I am different from what you describe as we are both white entitled men. Because I'm not from the same background as you. No. I don't have the same... I, I would argue if you are from a middle class background, we didn't have the same opportunities. No. Right? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I would agree with all of so, that. So... Um, okay. It was a broad stroke. And that's I still problem. stand by it, to be fair. That's my problem. We're, 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 broad we're, we're, both, thing, we're right? both white and entitled enough to think that we can sit here and people actually want to hear what we have to say. Um, I wouldn't say that that's a matter of entitlement. What I would say is, if you turn your leg a bit that way, what I would say is, the reason I do this podcast is because, not because I think, not because I'm entitled in a way that I think people will want to listen to me, but because I think the conversations of tattoo shops are very diverse and a very diverse set of people and are interesting. And so I don't think anyone would want to essentially listen to me, but I think people do seem to want to listen to discussions. And so I'm just putting out some discussions of all different types of people. And so like when you say about white entitled, right, there's been all types of different people on the podcast up to this point. Yes. You know, there's been there's been a lot of women. Yeah. There's been Middle Eastern women, there's been uh, Colombian men, there's been gay men, there's been people who are queer talking about their, their experiences. So what I'm actually trying to get is like, and this is the thing again, it's like this thing of just going, well, why would anyone care what white middle class or white entitled men think? My podcast isn't just white entitled men. Today it it's, is. Well, this particular one. But then there's a, there's a, with this particular discussion, there is validate that valid things for us to say. We do have valid arguments. We do we, have we valid do. opinions. Yeah, I mean, every, so every, everyone does to a certain extent. But what I what I'm playing devil's advocate completely here. Yeah, no, you're not. I don't know <laughs> if I am. Is that we've heard enough from white privileged men over the years on these topics when well, it comes to when it comes to making laws, when it comes to when it comes to everything. We we've we you and I we've had our say. Maybe individually we haven't, but collectively we have. So now it's time for actually for us to sit up and listen to what other demographics and communities have to say. Well, that only, that only applies if those people have said what you and I have to say. If they haven't, then we haven't said enough. We haven't said enough. Because I, I don't think my views are the same as those people who have had their say previously. Because I think, I think the people who have had their say previously are people who are from wealth. So yes, I'm, traditionally. I, right, so I would say that I haven't had my say because um, I'm a white person from a council estate from a very low socioeconomic background with very yeah. low education. You identify as that. Yeah, well, that's what I am. Yeah. That, like, I, don't, I haven't had my say publicly because people haven't listened and to I'll what we've got to And I fucking have it now. Whether people want to listen to it or not, I'll tape myself. Um, what were we actually talking about? Um, we were talking about... Uh, the Louis C.K. case. Yeah, but how do we move on to uh, white privilege? It was about people uh, getting... A, yeah, okay, so it was witch hunts. Yeah, it was the fact, witch hunts. Um, yeah, well um, done. okay. And my point was that, yeah, just by... Well, however you identify, or however I've mistakenly identified you, yeah, there were people who think, think that we have no place um, 
offering our, our input on, on on these particular subject matters, whether what, it's on feminism, which? sexual assault on women on campuses, whether trans people should be, should be competing. Well, yeah? to be honest, if you believe in equality, everyone's viewpoint should be just as valid as anyone else's. And if they've got something important to say, I don't care whether you've got a penis, a vagina, both, neither, what colour your skin is, how you identify, who you are, I only care about the thing that you're saying. Yeah. And it should come down to that. Um, and this is, again, what I say, the problem with it, identity politics. It, it, is it, it creates these situations where people who could have incredibly valid and important arguments get shut out. Yeah, I know. I agree. Which, um, which is help. which what you're seeing with this kind of Me Too effect is that, you know, any celebrity male who's come out and defended or, you know, defended whether it be Louis C.K. or I think Ben Affleck, whoever else was involved in these various different ones, has been really shouted down. They've been said, shut up. You know, yeah. and you've got, you've got this um, fringe militant uh, wing of it. They're saying, you know, now's the time to listen. Now's the time for you to listen. You need to shut up. But that I don't agree and, with. And, and, you, and, and, and yeah, so... I, I, don't I mean, I, would, that, I don't think that's it'd right. Be, it'd have been great to actually have... Have the issue with us sitting here talking is that I th no, we agree 99.9% .9 with each other on it. On it, on you it. Think? I think so, yeah. I think most of the time I'm just playing devil's advocate. But I don't know. I or, I do, or, I don't e or I don't even actually have strong opinions on any of these things. I'm not sure I'm indifferent to most of it, to be honest with you. But I can see it from both points my, of view. My, uh, my opinion on it is the argument itself should be what people judge it on and the discussion itself should be what people judge it on. And if it has traction... If it, if it gains traction, then it has validity. It shouldn't... If anything, personally, I think what would be better and what is good about podcasts is until you identified us as white men... People didn't know who we were, what we were. No one has a fucking clue. Yeah. Other than the fact that my voice is quite middle-ish, not yeah. really low, not really high. Yeah, Same, sure. You know, it, no, that's a fair point. We, we could have been anything. Yeah, we you're right. We could have been anyone at all. We could have been. And it just... It, it literally goes down to the validity of the argument then. I mean, I think it's probably pretty clear that neither of us are women. Well, neither of us were or have any point classified as women. Yeah, I mean, we could be. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you have, do all the uh, good things like like it, subscribe, follow, whatever platform you're on, they're, they're different. Uh, tell your friends, though. That's the most important thing. Tell other people, because that's word of mouth. That's how things get around. Cheers. Thanks. And all that.